Hey, what's up, podcast family? This week I talked to Phil Alley. Phil is the president and CEO at Regin Industries and Tesser Technologies. Regin maintains a strong reputation within healthcare construction through projects in hospitals and laboratories across Canada. Phil recognized an immediate call to action during COVID outbreak and discovered a way to contribute his team skills during the pandemic, leading to the creation of Tesser Technologies. On the podcast, we talk about finding opportunities within COVID, the key ingredients to innovation, finding resilience in the hard times, and much, much more. Remember to rate and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. You get awesome local leaders and entrepreneur stories each week, jam-packed with their unique insights. Leave me feedback at joe at codessa.io on some of the stories or questions you want to hear. I read them all. Now to the podcast. Hope you guys enjoy. Yes, Phil. Thanks very much for having me, Joe. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Obviously, the, you're the CEO of a company saving and changing lives. Um, but before we jump into all that good stuff, uh, perhaps give us a little backstory of uh, who you are and what you're up to. Uh, so, yeah, my name's Phil Alley and uh, CEO of Tesser Technologies. Um, and then additionally, the president of Reagan Industries here in Calgary. So, um that was a, a company that we, or, or we were originally just Reagan. Um, and then when the pandemic started, we were looking for something to both help out and something to build, keep our, uh, our guys employed um, so that we, we didn't need to uh, lay off or, or shut down uh, throughout um, this pandemic as it keeps going and, and different companies are struggling. So we came up with a, a UBC sterilization chamber uh, so that's using light technology uh, to inactivate all pathogens, um, including the SARS-CoV-2, the COVID-19 virus. Um, and successfully, we're able to run that against uh, the, the actual virus at the University of Alberta Labs. Um, and are now just receiving all of our validation accreditation from the regulatory bodies, and we're going into full production on them. Um, we're excited about that. I'm excited that... Uh, we're doing it here in Calgary and, and, and working with a lot of really smart Albertans. So. That's awesome. And uh, before before the podcast, we were talking about uh, you were in Ecuador, actually, uh, Quito and uh, other um, doing some doing some work up there. Uh, maybe give from whatever you can share, maybe uh, some insight into uh, what you guys are doing. Yeah, I think, you know, so that the way that came around is uh, when we started designing and building and, and going after this unit. Uh, if you remember, it was um, mid-March there where it started, and uh, we were just staring uh, the pandemic in the face and, and looking at what um, was happening in especially Italy, um, how overrun they were with that spread, and, and the hospital workers couldn't keep up. And you know, you saw medical people getting sick and dying. You saw just mass graves. And, you know, that was a, a scary thought. And you know, as a country, I feel we we were came together really well um, but at the time it was uh, something that we, we wanted to really make a difference and, and try to get this thing out and, and ready as, as quickly as possible now you know I've had the product for a few months but you know, 
testing and regulatory bodies here in Canada sometimes uh, slow slow that down for full production. So, but we were still you know prepared for the worst. You never knew what what was going to come around. Um, so now that uh, we're ready to roll, um, Canada's done really well. I'm you know proud of this country. How you know the governments and the citizens have, have come together and found a way to keep this pretty minimal. Our, our ERs or the ICUs have never been overrun. Um, you know, we've kept the deaths to a minimum, and we've kept cases to a minimum. Um, now we're prepared to be ready here in Canada as we, if that happens, and then as well to help the economy recover, helping to get people back to work and creating safe work environments. However, we're the other thing that we really want to do as a company is is make sure that we're putting these things in the places that are going to make the biggest difference. And, um, South America. As, as we progress through this is, is still one of the big epicenters and um, that uh, continent, not all countries, but you know, countries like Ecuador, they don't have the, the infrastructure or the support or the healthcare infrastructure to be able to, to deal with these high case counts. You know, if you look it up, there's some, some pretty devastating stories in the, the city of Guayaquil down there about uh, being overrun hospitals and, and mass graves. They just have people delivering bodies in the back of trucks to the government to, to bury in mass graves because they don't know what to do with all of the, uh, the deaths in that city. Um, and that, that's hard to see. And, and I truly believe as Canadians, you know, we've got to be very appreciative for what we have here and what, uh, what we can do around the world to help, you know, whether it's countries less fortunate or um, people less fortunate. Um, and what was nice was the Ecuadorian government asked asked us for some help. So uh, we loaded up two of our units and uh, took a, some tricky travel paths down there. And uh, but managed to get down there, managed to meet with them, and uh, we've got a good plan. So we're going to be working with both the private and public sector down there, um, and we're trying to do um, a fifty percent rollout, fifty percent here in Canada, and fifty percent uh, of our units committed down to Ecuador at the same time as we, as we work through the production lines for it. Mm. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly take a step back, actually. Um, obviously, you're the president, and you're also a CEO of another company. So I'm, I'm always curious, Are you growing up, were you always into entrepreneurship or even leadership um, growing up? Or is this kind of something that you kind of fell into um, throughout your journey, career journey? I would say that I've always been been really interested in it um you know i think when it comes to making plans or or and then how that translates into into business it's it's something that i've always just kind of gravitated towards um and then as you know high school ended uh, university comes around and, and looking at different things that i could do um i i think it was always in in very much in the forefront that, you know, I wanted to be involved in either management or, or entrepreneurship of, of fully owning and running a company. So um, that led me actually to, to my family business, Reagan Industries. So uh, my father had taken over that company in uh, 1990 um, and had run it up uh, from 1990 all the way up to uh, 2018 when he retired and I took over a couple of years ago. So, you know, to have, my father, uh, Dave Allaby, such a mentor to me, and, and watch uh, watch him was was really interesting. I know it was something that he said, "Oh no, you don't want any any part of this construction industry is too much work." And then, <laughs> so, 
but uh, no matter how much he told me that I shouldn't do it, I just really wanted to do it. So uh, I, after after leaving University of Victoria, I came, came to work right away uh, at Reagan Industries and um, starting in project management in the, in the construction industry. And then, you know, worked my way, kept going to UFC at night, uh, focusing more on business classes and, and strategic uh, planning classes. Um, pretty much anything that I needed to do to make sure that uh, he had the confidence in me to, to be his successor and, and you know, be, uh, finally be able to retire. So, um, and then got to be mentored by him directly as well, which was a, is a huge bonus for myself. Mm. Yeah, we actually have a lot of listeners um, that are students or even aspiring entrepreneurs or leaders. Um, and you mentioned from you, you, Victoria, uh, you want to go get mentored by your father and then ultimately um, start Tesser. Uh, if you had to give maybe one piece of advice um, someone, to someone wanting to pursue something similar, a similar career path or similar trajectory, uh, what, would, what would you say? One piece of advice. Uh, you know, I think to be to be mentally prepared for, um, you know, it not always be going the way exactly how you envision it. Um, and that's, you know, a, t- a tough thing, whether you get um, met with maybe whether it's a product or it's an idea or things like that, that, that people don't uh, quite have the enthusiasm that uh, you think about it or you you find hurdles that you weren't expecting is that you got to be mentally prepared for that and, and ready to bounce back and don't get, get discouraged just from that, uh, that first one or, or something, something bad happens and you, and you abandon it. I know, um, just like I said, with this, this unit, you know, when I first ventured out into it and, and we had to partner with, uh, multiple universities and, um, another tech firm here in, uh, Calgary called U technology. Um, because we didn't have any background in, in this uh, understanding how lights can can be used for sanitization and sterilization. So um, we're we're from the construction and metal fabrication industry, and and I said, well, I know I can design this in, in a month and build it in a month, so I should be selling it in, in a few months. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's just not the reality of, of how things always work. And, um, you know, I'm I'm happy to be ramping up and scaling for production now. Um, but at the time, you know, all I wanted to do was, was get this out there and, and, and have it be successful. And, and like I said, make that, make that difference in a pandemic. Um, now I'm, I'm sitting at five months and I'm, I'm, I have to keep reminding myself that, you know, lots of times other people take, you know, two, three years on each product development. So we're still doing it extremely quickly, but, uh, um, you can't always measure up to your own expectations and, and be prepared to, to fight through that and be resilient through it for sure. Absolutely. Would you say that's one of the unique skills that you have resiliency? It, yeah, it actually is. I think, um, to, to be able to keep, keep plowing through things. So, uh, I honestly, um, don't know where my headspace would have been if I didn't have, uh, kind of the tesser and the new company um to look forward to because you know those were some some pretty dark times i think for everybody in the world uh you know march april may and you're you're not sure what's going to happen um you know i think we've got a little bit more light at the end of the tunnel and and you know we're back out in society and we find ways to 
to minimize the spread with masks and stuff like that. But um, being in isolation and uh, and trying to sort out what I was going to do with the company. Um, so for Reagan, we do a lot of work specifically here in Calgary and in the construction industry, and it's been it's been tough last couple of years for sure. It's just so tied to the economy and. Um, Nobody's building office towers right now. Nobody's really spending money on uh, the ornamental metals, like expensive stainless steel things. So uh, margins are tight, economies uh, rough, and then you throw a pandemic in there. So we were supposed to be in YYC, um, the the old terminal, uh, working on some projects in in the renovations there. But you know the trickle down effect. So they they're down to I think five percent of their regular flight traffic. And that creates all their revenue and their taxes to pay for upgrades, renovations and everything. So they've, they've halted all capital projects until they get this thing righted. So our, our spring and summer plans just disappeared just like that on us. Um, and, and other projects got halted and people weren't aware of things. So I've got that and, you know, personally sitting there, uh, you know, sitting in isolation and at home when I'm not at the office, and then um, trying to sort out how, how we're going to keep people working, how we're going to afford to keep paying payrolls, and then as well, how do you keep people safe? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the, the company and the industry we're in, but we're not afforded that luxury just to move everybody home. Um, you know, we, we physically manufacture items here and we, we go to construction sites and stuff like that. So finding that right balance of, okay, well, who should stay home? You know, are, are you at risk of having COVID? Who, who shouldn't? What, um, and what safety measures we need to put in? Those are all really tough things. Um, and, and being resilient to get through that, I, you know, it's definitely something I have some pride in. Um, and like I said, having the new, new company and new venture uh, really set me in the right headspace. So it was just keep pushing through and keep uh, moving forward for both um, myself, my employees, my company, my family, and, and, and my country and my world in the, in the way I looked at it. It's, we just got to do whatever we can. Absolutely. No, I love that. Definitely, indeed, dark times, but it's it's important to stay resilient um, and just keep on moving forward. Um, there's, I guess, no other no other choice. Uh, but, but, you, but for you personally, Phil, has there been anything that's really inspired you that you've read, listened to, or even... Uh, motivated you through these kind of uh, uncertain times there's a uh there's a book that i read um and i, I reread it last month so i think i had read it in the summer um and it was it was presented to me by um uh, somebody in my peer group so um you know in a, a ceo peer group and, and they had nothing to do with the manufacturing or, or production industry and they said i think that everybody should read this um even people who aren't in it. Now it worked twice as good for me because I could physically apply it exactly how the book is written. Um, it's called it's called the goal, and it's it's written um, as a um, fiction fictional book because you actually follow a character through um, him needing to sort out problems in a company, um, and and the most of those are, are the bottlenecks of a company. Um, but the way I've looked at it is you can apply that to to any office, even if you're doing programming or anything like that, you can understand where your bottlenecks are and what you need to do to change them. So it, it's a lot of, uh, 
um, scientific or not scientific, but lean manufacturing principles and stuff like that written into a, a story of a guy that actually is, is applying it to his business at that time and the different problems he's facing. Um, but it's nice because it also, it, in that same aspect of the resiliency side, you know, he's facing an impossible task, uh, you know, and they're, they're looking at shutting down this plant if he can't get it fixed in three months and, and something like that. So, you know, it, it speaks, speaks to you, but on the other side, it's, it's motivational. And if you can really read into the, the principles behind the, the lean manufacturing and stuff like that, there isn't any reason that you can't uh, apply it to an office setting um, anything like that as well. Absolutely. What's, speaking of which, what's one common myth about leadership or even the industry that you wish would be debunked? Oh, I guess on our, our industry is, is an interesting one. Um, that, uh, on the tester side, so tester, you know, is in, in the UV technology, um, realm. And uh, there, there's a lot of stories out there going around about, well, people saying things are, are done one way and then they're, or, sorry, you can actually, you know, do this, you can use it like this and, and everything. And a lot of that is actually even like Chinese manufactured materials uh, coming in. And, and the problem is, is that um, there is no regulatory body for it yet. Um, so you can really claim that you can do anything. So to battle that misinformation out there is tough. And then uh, it, it's gonna create some distrust in the industry. It's why we've, we've focused on um, partnering with, with associations that are accredited. So McGill University, University of Alberta, and Inatech Alberta. So a lot of people don't know about Inatech Alberta, but it's actually one of the biggest labs in all of uh, Canada. They have a million square feet of lab testing space here. And it's a, it's a government uh, owned industry it's the technical arm of the alberta innovates fund but but in terms of that that myth about our industry is is there's a lot of articles going on out there that says you know ubc technology isn't safe ubc doesn't do what it says um not all products do and the problem is is because there's no bodies regulatory saying that they are doing it so that's why we're focused on uh getting information about it out there and as well working with accredited institutions that uh, people would trust as well so that they know we're not like that Chinese manufacturer that you buy from Amazon that says it does this. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, there's a bunch of people obviously curious due to the pandemic um, what the new normal is going to look like. And for myself also, that's a, that's a question I've always discussed with my peers. But I just wanted to ask you, Phil, what's, what are you curious about right now? I, in, in our industry, there's something specific, it's called uh, FAR UVC, um, and, and I think that it's going to be part of the new normal. And what FAR UVC is, is it's a, it's a wavelength that does the same thing that our technology does. Um, however, it isn't harmful to human skin or eyes. Um, and that is, I think, going to be huge for protection against pandemics, stopping future pandemics. It's possible, depending on how long this uh, COVID-19 pandemic goes on, that it could be used to battle it as well. Now, I'm extremely curious about it, and we, we've already begun testing and developing on it um, here 
However, I, I've seen some companies already rolling it out, especially in the States. Um, but to me, we're being very cautious about it because of the fact that, well, scientifically, it says that it shouldn't affect human skills and skin cells. Um, but in, in reality, until you do tests, I'm, I'm not sure if you should, you should go along that uh, path. You know, you can cure the world of COVID-19, but if you give everyone skin cancer along the way, it's not going to, uh, to help out. But along those same lines, I'm, I'm just really interested in all of the, the technology and companies and how it can change the economic climate of, of you know, even Alberta, for instance, is they've been looking for something to, to shift away from oil and gas or, or complement it, maybe not shift away. Um, so to, to have this opportunity of, of creation of all these new different industries, whether that's you know, working from home technology, if that's, uh, you know, office, setting up a home office company or, or things like what I'm trying to do in, in the sanitization and uh, sterilization industry, really upping that up. How, how, you know, how do you get back people back to their downtown office towers uh, where you're congregated and everything? What are you doing as a, as a building owner to make sure that you're not going to be uh, an epicenter of the spread of the pandemic? Like, and, and it might be around things like um, self-sanitizing handrails, things like that. Absolutely. It's funny you mention tech and obviously tech changes so rapidly and you never know what's around the corner. And I, f I feel the pandemic has sort of accelerated that as well. Um, people have to adopt new technologies at a rapid rate. But I just want to get your perspective, Phil. How has the industry changed from when you first started to now i think you know on the entrepreneurship side um it's definitely been uh been pretty interesting for me to see the the amount of resources that uh are, are available out there um and that's that's a lot of different paths for that and, and some of that can be uh through government sites you know, I mentioned Inatech, Alberta. You know, I didn't, I've never even heard of that book of that company before. Um, you know, obviously it's a, a public service, or sorry, government um, subsidized company. Uh, and the way it works is that they partner with companies uh, that are trying to develop uh, new technologies, especially in the oil, gas, agricultural industries, stuff like that. Um, but they have a ton of different lab space available uh, to partner with companies to develop new products. Um, it's just a matter of, of learning about the different ways you can uh, you can go about that. So you can get some government help to bring your idea into a reality. Um, and that was huge. Or even uh, stuff like we're looking at uh, some different accelerator programs to help uh, take our company to the next level, like the Creative Construction Lab. Uh, and they have a, a division here in Alberta as well. So I think from, from where I was 10 years ago when I started um, uh, in the construction industry at this company uh, to where I am now at, again, starting a new company, that's one of the biggest things that, uh, that's really interesting out there is whether you're going through the public route or the private route, um, there's a lot of support out there for you. Absolutely. I always love asking this next question. Um, some people say it's a little trickier, but I, I, I just love it. <laughs> but what's uh, one question that you never get asked that you wish it would be asked? Uh, 
That's a, that is a really good question, and uh, and I think you know probably asking you know what like what are you the proudest proudest about, um, and and the reason is is um, I'm not necessarily it's not the, the product that I necessarily need to be as proud about or the uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about all that stuff and, and saving lives, but the, the thing that I am the most proudest about, and I really, I relate it back to my father, I, you know, I, I've spent my entire life around this original company, Reagan Industries, he pretty much, he took it over right when I was born, um, and to, to emulate him in the way that no matter what times happened to him, um, he was able to, to keep the company going and to keep people employed. Um, and, and it means the world to me to make sure that, uh, you know, we can provide employment for people and, and, and what it means. And, and, and I take an amazing amount of pride in that. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a little bit of a, a different motivation. It's not necessarily about the money. It's not necessarily about the product you can be proud of. But I'm, I'm the most proud of, of, of our employees and seeing um, them be successful as well. Absolutely. And I really appreciate you being on the podcast, Phil. Um, where can our listeners connect with you online? Um, so we uh, we do have a website, tesser.ca, um, and then all of our Instagram, um, uh, it, sorry, social media platforms are up there too under Tesser Tech or Tesser Technologies. Um, so if anybody needs to, to reach out, uh, there's information on the website. Uh, you can go through social media. You can reach out to uh, Brooke uh, Haichu. She uh, she shares an office here with me now. So uh, if you need to get to me directly, if you reach out to her, she'll she'll get me the message. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, well, I usually like to end the podcast with the guest posing a question or a quote or a story to the audience to leave them kind of um, you remembered. <laughs> um. You know, I, I, I definitely don't want it to, to be too cheesy, but I, just because of the pandemic time and, and it was the, the total attitude that I had, you know, I think they closed down the, the NBA was on the March 13th and March 14th. Um, and that was when it, it kind of became a reality. Obviously, I think March 14th was when they canceled hockey games and that's when it becomes a real reality for Canadians. So, um, <laughs> And I was in, like I said, it was, it was a tough 10 days trying to figure out exactly what we we're going to do. Ontario had closed all non-essential construction projects, so only infrastructure projects. So I said, well, if Alberta does that, we're, I'm in a worse spot than they just closed down because I still have infrastructure projects to do, but half of my stuff isn't that. So what do I lay off half the staff? I was looking at it and, and, and was only looking at the negative side of it. Um, and then... I have no idea where it came from, and it wasn't a quote that I had heard before, but I think it's it's uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War in there, and, and he might be talking about war, but I just really liked um, what it was, where, you know, out of chaos comes opportunity. And and I read it, and I looked at it, and I just decided that day that um, you're right. I mean, there's, not, there's never been a bigger global shift um, or a disruptor to to anything since maybe the world war um, as to what this pandemic's going to do. And, you know, we've been sitting here in a tough construction Alberta economy, so maybe this is the, the opportunity that we needed as a company to do.
find something else.